Welcome to the Wilco United Podcast, a video conversation for Gen Z. In each episode, we will unpack a kingdom truth, challenge a cultural lie, and give practical wisdom for following Jesus in your generation. Hey, welcome to season two of the Wilco United Podcast. It's all about going all in for Jesus. We believe Jesus has made Gen Z to do exactly that. And yet there are specific hindrances that you have to overcome specific to your generation. Mm -hmm. In each episode, every conversation, we're unpacking those specific hindrances for you to go all in to Christ. My name is Adam Narciso. I'm here with Daniel McLeod. Hey, how's it going? And Ashley Butterfield. What's up? Today, we're talking about overcoming the entitled life. Mm. When we talk about living entitled or or entitlement, really what we're talking about is that we believe the lie at some point that we're owed something. What makes us problematic is Christianity is about um, us not getting what we deserve. Yeah. Us not getting what Praise we're owed. God. Right? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, eternal separation from God, and all have sinned. We are owed death. We That's are it. owed hell. And yet because of God and his great love for us, Christ took the punishment that we deserved, mm-hmm. and now we get his life. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. So Christianity is exactly dead set against this concept the of entitlement. exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going to talk about this. Where along the line do we uh, in culture today start grabbing hold of the lie that we're owed something? Where do you think this comes from? How is this fostered in culture today? Participation trophies. <laughs> <laughs> I show up, I deserve something. And those are real, Yeah. Right? I mean. Yeah. Or yeah, he got something, I deserve it too. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. p- participation trophy generation is real. It's like if you, you just signed up and you came to practice, you get a trophy. So rewards aren't given based on merit, right. but they're given just because you showed up. Mm-hmm. What makes him more special than me? <laughs> right. Why would right. he get it and not me? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. And, Man. and so entitlement. So we so we think then we're we're owed the trophy even though we didn't do what it takes to right. To yeah. Win the championship. Yeah. Other ways entitlement comes around. I've seen it even in parenting. Uh, I'm not a parent, but like- You're a nanny. (laughs) Close enough. Teaching kids the right thing to do and like the easiest way to do it is with rewards and punishments. So like if you do good, you earn a reward. If you do bad, you earn a punishment. And so it's like that entitlement of if I walk in obedience, I'm owed something. Like I'm owed something good. And if I get the opposite, then something's up. Something's wrong. And like, I know I was parented that way growing up and that's kind of what like psychologists even teach parents in early childhood development. Cause how else do you learn like consequences or reward? Yeah. But at the same time, it does teach this version of entitlement of like, I'm owed something for doing the right thing. Right, right. We're not saying there's something inherently wrong with consequence and reward, but what, what the sin nature does is it takes it and goes, well, if I've, you know, an exact Christian example, if I've lived well enough for God, did all the things, attended church, check the boxes, then I'm owed this kind of good life. Mm-hmm. I, got yeah. a, I got a great example. All right, talk to me. Of when I felt like I was entitled. So with my family, my parents, they, they wouldn't just give us stuff just because we wanted it all the time or just because we felt like, oh, you know, um, I would look at somebody at school and I'd go, man, they have a phone. I don't have a phone. You know, or I'd look at someone else that goes, oh, they have those shoes. I don't have, I don't have shoes like that or all this new brand new stuff. And I had a lot of comparison. I felt entitled that because they have it, I deserve it too. So 
I would steal money from my parents. I'd go, you know, in my mom's purse, grab money out of her, out of her Daniel. wallet. Yeah. And um, it's part of my testament. That's why I say mm-hmm. I used to lie, cheat, steal. Because wow. I was, I used to steal. <laughs> and um, um, I would, you know, I felt like I deserved to have money all the time. And right. I just, I felt like I deserved, and I felt like my parents were withholding from me yeah. um, when really they didn't owe me anything. Um, and they've, you know, always taken care of me, always given me the needs that I have. Have Really, I wasn't grateful or thankful for the things that they already had done. And so, yeah, I was stealing to get different things um, that I wanted right in that moment, and it was totally wrong. And um, I actually ended up being, I didn't tell my parents for a couple years, I ended up being convicted about it while I was out doing missions. And I ended up, and I also stole from my sister too, my mom, my dad, and my sister. Wow. And um, I ended up being convicted about it and repaid them all double of what I thought I might have stole them. That's cool. But that was definitely an example in my life where I felt entitled to everything else. I saw the people around me, I wanted that, I wanted that. But I really, what it came down to is I didn't have a strong identity in the Lord and who, and being comfortable and who he's called me to be and and who I am and who he says I am and that I am enough. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a helpful example because what it shows is that how entitlement, when you believe the lie, you're owed something It partners, it teams up with other sins Yeah, Yeah. like jealousy, right? Or you get angry that they Mm -hmm. have something that you feel like you, and you don't, and you feel like you're owed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And then for you, it led to stealing and secrecy. So So bad entitlement was the root that, Mm Believing the lie you were, you, you were owed something was the root that led to all these other sins. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of people who are stuck in sin cycles and they have no clue why. Right. But at the, at the root level, they fundamentally believe that they're owed something. There, yeah. And that's there's deeper. That needs to be repented of, turned mm-hmm. from. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I feel like uh, a silly example I have, or it's not silly, but a lighter example is growing up, my mom fight, fought this entitlement thing tooth and nail. And we used to, me and my brother and sister would get so upset over not getting an allowance. It's like, everybody else gets an allowance. My mom was like, you don't deserve an allowance to do chores. You live in this house. It's yours too. You have to take care of it. Just like it's yours. It's your responsibility. And it was so interesting to see how like she did shift like from childhood of like, we're owed a reward to like, as we're getting older in our teen years of like, no, this is your house too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you are responsible here. You're not just owed something for living here. Or you don't need a uh, maid or anything to cl- pick up after you. It's your responsibility kind of deal. And so yeah. it's not, you're not entitled to getting out of work just so, because you live here. Yeah. Tough parenting, but it's like setting you up for real life, right? Yes. Life it increases responsibilities as you get older. Right. And if that's not reflected at home, then you're not learning real life. So true. And, yeah. and so I think that there's another example. I know a big, another example in your story that's like so much more significant. I want to hear you unpack that yeah. in a moment here. But again, just to give some anchor points for our viewers and listeners, it's like when we live entitled, one, it leads to other sins. Right. Mm-hmm. Two, we get arrogant when we have received something we think we deserve. Yeah. And then yeah. on the other end, when we don't receive something we think we deserve, we get angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are some signposts to us that we're living entitled. Right. Anger when we don't get what we deserve, arrogance when we think we got what we deserved, and if we're living in a web of sin that we can't get free of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Yeah, so one of the biggest ways I've experienced this in my life was actually when I lost my dad. Because uh, before that, 
we had gone into full-time ministry and my parents, they're amazing. They taught me what it is to live by faith. They literally obeyed the voice of the Lord, sold their dream house that they had just custom built to go live in RV for a little bit and then rental home to rental home. And we moved, I've moved 21 times total. So my parents, (laughs) it's a lot of moving. I ain't trying to move. (laughs) I'm not trying to move anymore either. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know what that life's like, but <laughs> it, when we got off the mission field, stepped out of ministry because the Lord had closed that door and we moved to Tennessee. Six months later, my dad passed. I was 13 years old and I literally walked away from God because I was like, basically God said, forget you. So forget you too, because I thought, how on earth would you repay missionaries who sold everything to go do your work and obey you? And this is what you repay us. Like, that's not good. That's not loving. That's not kind. And the reality is, is I didn't realize the weight of Romans 3.23. Like the only thing the Lord owes me is death, but instead took that on himself so that I didn't have to have it. And people always say like, why do bad things happen to good people? But like, none of us are good. I, still learning like how to break free of sin completely. And I'm 25 now, like the enemy's always trying to make us fall. But I saw how I felt entitled because of my parents' obedience and how that affected me that I was supposed to not go through trial. Because if I'm obeying, I deserve a reward, not a punishment, or I deserve joy and not suffering, you know? I think this is one that's super deep. Thank you for sharing. Yeah huge part of your life, painful part of your life. Mm-hmm. But I think it's one that a lot of yeah. people can relate with because there, I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians think, well, if I do all the right things, then I'm owed a really good life. Right. And what, that might translate to a variety of different things for different people, not suffering, not losing or having a successful job or you fill yeah, the blank, yeah, yeah. having influence. It looks right. different for different people in different times. But everyone can identify with that feeling of like, I'm not owed this. I'm not owed this kind of suffering. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so why is that? Why, what other reasons do we think that attitude and that mindset is like destructive for following Jesus, going all in for Jesus? Well, it's, it goes directly against the initial call to deny yourself, to pick up your cross yeah. mm-hmm. and to follow Jesus. Picking up your cross is saying, pick up your electric chair. Right. It's saying, you know, be willing to leave all, forsake all, be willing to die. Yeah. I think that's something that is really sad that we've lost within Christianity and the way that we we talk about Christianity because we've lost a the understanding of suffering Mm -hmm. within the body of Christ within the church and the early church the book of Acts the church started um, and then for 300 years there was just this exponential growth of the church uh, because they had a theology of suffering was a huge part of it. And they were experiencing suffering and persecution. They were experiencing suffering. They were dying, you know, um, at the stakes. And, and I think that that's um, a huge part is no longer to, and basically for, let me just give some backstory is basically there's 300 years of exponential growth of the early church. They're under major oppression from Rome being slaughtered in the streets. And, but the church was growing like crazy. It mm-hmm. went from like 120 to 6 million yeah. in the first 300 years. So crazy. And um, they were willing to lay down their lives and people were be able to see, wow, they're willing to suffer. They're willing to die for this. And so more and more people begin to give their life to Jesus. The other thing is there's parallels to now is there was also two pandemics, two major pandemics that happened in the early, early church, the first 300 years. And the Christians were unafraid to run and 
to love on people in the midst of the camp pandemic. And because the Christians were able to provide medical help and every person that got medical help had a 30% chance of living. Wow. Wow. So, so higher chance of living. And so during those pandemics, because the Christians uh, medical attention towards them, people, if they survived, they and their whole family would follow Jesus. <laughs> So there is this constant, and we see this pattern of through suffering and no fear and, um, and just kind of like this response, there's exponential growth. And I think today we live entitled. Yeah. And, but the thing is, after those 300 years, Rome made it legal to be Christian. Yeah. And so now anyone can take on the name of Christian, Christianity, and live a different life. And so you could, you know, today, you know, we have some Christians that are, you know, 40% of Christians today um, believe that it's okay to sleep with your girlfriend. Right. Mm. And so now people, because it's legalized, you know, it's a national religion. Um, it, it's now, it's okay to sleep with your girlfriend. So there's, there's no clear defined lines and no also um, value for suffering and makes us entitled to, we think we can do whatever we want now. I'm entitled yeah. to do whatever I want and I can love the Lord when really God's calling us to an all-in lifestyle. And we see this at the beginning of the early church. I think it's a really powerful example that we have to get back to the theology of it's not all perfect. That's right. And it's, it's not it's all peace. about me. We get the peace of God in the midst of chaos. Right. He, he promises us his peace, you know? Yeah, Jesus said, like, the, the gate is wide and the path is easy that leads to destruction mm -hmm. and many follow it but the gate is narrow and the path yeah. is difficult that leads to life. Right. Mm -hmm. The context of the Christian life from Jesus is it's narrow and it's difficult, yeah. but that's what leads to life. Whenever you're removed, challenge, difficulty, even suffering from Christians and the mm -hmm. church, the church becomes dysfunctional. Right. And so in our own lives, when we think that we don't deserve challenge, we don't deserve difficulty, trial, or even suffering, and we're going to eventually get angry with God, turn our backs and our hearts mm -hmm. away from him when we do experience it. Right, right. It makes me think, man, we need to be careful about how we preach the gospel. The prosperity gospel is so dangerous here. Absolutely. So it's like, if we're preaching the gospel, like come to Jesus, you know, and we paint the picture of what it means to follow him is like del pure delight in roses. And mm -hmm. you know, just, yeah. yeah. Like, there is right. a call to die. There is a call to forsake all to have him. Absolutely. It's, when you receive Jesus, it's not about you anymore. It's about him. It's, a po it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be about becoming like him and making the world know him. And it's not about what you can gain or receive or it's all about what you lose. And then you gain him, you know, and we're, we don't want to, we're not supposed to gain anything else, but gain him. So good. Yeah. I remember talking with a young person in the Seattle area last year and um, a young high school student who was hearing about what God's doing in Wilco. And they're like, how can I do something similar where I'm at? And they go to public school in Washington state where it feels like all the culture mm. and laws are against them. And they're like, um, how do I do this? And, and they were really struggling over this. And finally they, they settled on it. And she said, this young lady said, you know what? If I'm following Jesus, I'm going to be rejected. Yeah. If I'm following Jesus, I'm going to be hated. Yep. If I'm following Jesus, I'm going to be persecuted. And it's foolish for me to think that it's going to be different than that. And what she, what she said, once she settled that, she could have peace and joy. Yeah. And she could be herself. Mm -hmm. she, her, her allegiance was to Jesus. She settled the fact mm -hmm. that she would experience difficulty. Yep. And when that happened, she was free to follow him. Yep. Fully. Yeah. That's right. Wow. That's, exactly That's so good. Right. So good. As you guys think about this, 
coming out of the entitled life. You know, um, all, we've already given some of the answers. It's about, you know, what is the path we're walking? It's like, it's a, a difficult path and a narrow path. We've given some of the answers. Is there anything else you want to leave with students for, with after at the end of this conversation? I'd say for me, the biggest thing I've learned is suffering is actually a gift because James 1 and Romans 5 talks about how suffering produces hope, perseverance, character. It literally just makes you more like Jesus. It makes you more like Jesus and Jesus himself suffered. And if he was perfect, he literally did nothing wrong and still went through suffering. Why do we think we're, we deserve to escape it too? So good. I'm in agreement. That's, I just, yeah, that's right. Amen. Let's go. 